Hello and welcome to the Meat Podcast. We're joined by a very special guest there, a friend of mine, he's a pharmacist, and uh, we're going to talk about the vaccine today and a few other things. And uh, yeah, John, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Thanks very much, Talal. I'm great. It's good to be here. Um, first podcast for me, so we'll see how it goes. We bonds, dude. I'm going to play the intro, John, and uh, wipe the sweat from my forehead, and then we get stuck into it. John, you're a pharmacist. Are we going to talk about the vaccine? Okay. I got right. I was actually messaging today, and I'm going to tell you why I got the vaccine. Okay, right? go ahead. I got the vaccine because I'm a big conspiracy head, and right. uh, COVID was planned by the Americans to ruin China. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Chinese economy is struggling really badly, and I noticed it from my own from my own work industry. Um, I just I don't want to do want to say too much in case I get sacked, but <laughs> yeah. I I can see it. They're not taking as many machines as they normally would. And um, so, yeah, if, the, if, I, if I believed that the government was planned to cull the population and there's no way that they wouldn't do this without having a legit, a legit vaccine in place. Okay, so, were the, so the Americans were trying to wipe out the Chinese, is that what you're saying? Uh, no, not just the Americans, but they're, that was, they're the four, forefront of it, the Americans, and, uh, they're in, and obviously in bed with the rest of the elitist people got out of hand? in the world. Did they get out of hand? Um, yeah, to an extent. So I think I got a vaccine that's legit. Now, I think you're just a wind-up. <laughs> now, whether I got a placebo and yeah. I didn't get the real one that the latest people got, that's a different conversation. But I like to think that I got a, a legit one. And John, you're going to tell me now why... Well, just, 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 just for the listener's benefit, Talal hasn't showed us his card yet. So no. There's, there's no evidence of this vaccine. There was <laughs> there, there was a picture of me getting it. So it's oh, the first one. My first one. I got my second one. I actually have it in the car. Oh, was that like one of those pictures that you see of all the uh, leaders that have no needle in the, in the syringe? <laughs> no, that's not, a, that's, that's not a syringe. That's not a, a, a needle. And uh, yeah, I had side effects twice. First one, uh, I had real, real high heart rate. Right. Did not normally have one. No, this is ridiculous. <laughs> so my heart rate was through the roof. And um, second time, I was just shattered. Second one, just really? completely yeah. just, it's like somebody just, it's like no one a cure goes into like a limp mode. Yeah. That's exactly mm-hmm. how, it had, uh, how it was. But I'm fine now. Well, that's, that's one of the interesting things about this, about this, uh, what people call a vaccine. We'll, we'll put that to bed straight away. Talal, for me, this is not a vaccine. Okay. Okay, so the reason that I say that is that basic definitions of a vaccine is that it offers immunity against a disease or an illness or whatever way you want to put it. And um, nobody, not even the manufacturers, whether it's Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, AstraZeneca, Moderna, none of those guys claim that this is offering you immunity. So it's not stopping you getting so-called coronavirus, COVID-19. Um, the very best that they're going to promise you or suggest you might have is the least bad symptoms. The idea being that it'll keep you out of hospital. And if you end up going to hospital, there's less likelihood you're going to die. So for me, and for most, most scientists, I'd say, um, it's not a vaccine for that reason. Basically, it does not offer immunity. So in professional terms, what is it? It's an injection. <laughs> I, I prefer to call it the injection. So... See you know like say all your other colleagues and friends pharmacists they all see him sort of mind thinking. Oh, of course not. No, no. So, people have this um, this idea, I guess, that 
pharmacists or doctors or or anyone else in the medical professions, let's say, the health professions, um, that we're all clever people and we all have common sense and that often is not the case. So I know that in terms of my work colleagues, my peer group, I'm probably in a very small minority. Um, but that's, to me, I think that's more because some people just accept what they're told mm. and uh, I don't do that. I'm a bit more of a free thinker. Certainly on this subject, um, and some people, as I say, just a lot of people, it seems, just go along with it. And I was out with a friend. I seen a friend at the weekend um, who I've known through my university days. And uh, she was telling me, you know, she's involved in vaccination process. And uh, she was. She told me, basically, that she, wants, she wanted to do it just to get us out of the situation that we find ourselves in. So, and that's common with a lot of people. A lot of people are looking to take mm. this injection, this vaccine, if you want. Um, in the hope that it's going to bring them back to normality. And unfortunately, already we've seen that that's not the case. You know, the promise that Boris Johnson and the leadership in the south of Ireland, for example, and to an extent here in the north, told us that get the jab, that's it, you're going to get that, That's our path back to freedom. Well, Freedom Day was yesterday in England, and within a couple of hours, they're already talking about impinging people's freedoms with having to be double vaxxed before you go to a nightclub yeah. you know little things like that mixed messaging but uh, an answer a long answer to your your question but no i'm in a minority i would safely say yeah. um one or two of my pharmacist friends are along my line of thinking and a little bit more questioning but we're just pharmacists are no different to bricklayers or yeah. car mechanics or anything else you know there's you're just as likely perhaps even more likely to find free thinkers people who think for themselves in in other in other parts of of business for example and your friend who's involved in the vaccination process does she tell you the ingredients in, in it or what do you think of the, are, are the ingredients? Sugar. <laughs> what are the ingredients now i don't actually know what the ingredients are i know what they i know what um what the drug companies claim and i also you know i've seen studies recently and i've seen a lot of talk about um, some scientists uh, at a university in Spain over the last couple of weeks who have come out with a paper that's under peer review at the moment, with, which seems to show that the vaccine contains an awful lot of a, a, a thing called graphene oxide. And if that was the case, that would not be good for us. So, um, Sorry, what is Grammy? Graphene oxide. Graphene oxide. <laughs> well, it's, if you look it up, it basically gives you a little bit of a description. It's used in, in industry. So it's not really the sort of thing that you would expect to find in an injection. Okay. Um, now, there is also talk that graphene oxide or some evidence has been put forward that graphene oxide is used to sterilise the tips of the swabs used for the PCR test, for example. Okay. Um, and there's a lot of concern if that was the case. Um, but, you know, I don't know the full answer to that mm. myself, but there is a lot of talk about it. The sort of talk, like a lot of things around coronavirus, I guess, um, the sort of alternative views or non-governmental authorised narratives that people don't get to hear about. And that's, that's a massive problem that I'm sure we'll touch on later on, <laughs> the fact that we're under serious censorship around this. Yes. Um, and who knows who's listening at the moment, you know, so <laughs> they, could be, they could be in the hedges watching us. <laughs> um, you mentioned PCR tests. Or the, I don't trust them. I don't trust PCR tests one bit. Yeah. Is that right? Or, or PCR? Well, See, why, why do you not trust them? Because you're... 
if I if I'm going to get tested for something right, if I have an illness, I want somebody to test me who knows what they're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Now I've had to do two PCR tests; they're very uncomfortable. Yeah. Um. So don't I don't know, from, don't know if I'm don't know if I don't know if we have them together, and then went for KFC afterwards. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, if, if you survive the KFC, see, yeah, you're right. and um, so I, I don't know if I've done it right, and you're trusting people to to do it right. So were, were the figures actually? Correct at any time. I don't know. Well, there's there's loads and loads of controversy over PCR. Okay, so I'll kick off by saying that the guy who developed the PCR test was an American guy called Carrie Mullis, who um, basically produced this test. Come back, I think it was around in the uh, in the advent of AIDS when AIDS came came along in the mid eighties, and from the outset, he basically told people that it was not a diagnostic test for a virus. It shouldn't be used to diagnose a virus. But it was persisted with, so they've used it for for early AIDS, they used it for SARS-1, and now they use it for SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19, as we, as we are led to, to hear about it. Um, now, bear in mind that the guy who developed the test says it wasn't fit for purpose, so we should be concerned with that. Yes. Um, especially whenever, I think the whole, much of what's gone on over the last 18 months is based on cases Yes. You know, everything we hear about, especially now when thankfully there's not a lot of serious outcomes, there's not a lot of people in hospital in intensive care after a positive COVID test, and there's very few people dying after a positive COVID test. So, in a situation like that, it's interesting that the government is keener than ever to get asymptomatic people who are well to get them tested. Never before, never before in the history of medicine. Have you, if you think about it, have you ever had to get tested to be told that you've got some some illness or some virus? Yeah. You know, the reality is that generally what happens is if people feel unwell, they go to their doctor, the doctor would run the test and you get a diagnosis one way or mm-hmm. another. This is crazy in the, and it fuels what people, some people, a lot of people um, consider is a case-demic rather than an epidemic or a pandemic. This is a case-demic. Okay, yeah, I understand. So arguably, they're using the testing to keep the numbers up. And my view on that is that that's just all about trying to scare the public. And we'll talk about that, no doubt, yes. later on. No doubt. But coming back to the PCR, the, the, the inventor of it wasn't happy with it being used in this way. And the key thing with the PCR is that it, what it does is it takes a sample from the nasal swab or the oil swab and they run it through a series of cycles in a lab and each time they run it through a cycle it amplifies the virus or the the, the material that they have yeah. on the end of the swab and so the number of cycles is critical to the outcome and the accuracy of the result so people believe and it's it's suggested that you shouldn't go beyond 25 if someone is virally loaded um, and likely to be ill themselves and potential to pass on to others, they should have a positive test within 25 cycles. Okay? So beyond 25 cycles, and as the numbers get up, then you start to find all sorts of other things that cause potentially p- false positive tests. Yeah. So you might be picking up old bits of COV- SARS-CoV-2 that you might have had and s- didn't even know you had the virus six months ago. Um, and that's well out of your system at this point. Or it may well be also picking up original SARS-CoV-1, the, the SARS back from yeah. 
last decade, <coughs> there's evidence that that's happening. So, and what we find, what we find is that um, there's regular freedom of information requests that come to light, where people with questioning minds are aware of this this issue of PCR and the cycle number, and they contact health boards, health authorities, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now, I've seen two in Northern Ireland in the last couple of weeks, two different health boards. One of which was our health board where we're sitting now, which is the Southern Health Board, and they run cycles to forty five. Mm. They run the 45 PCR, CT cycles, as they call it. So at that level, arguably, the results are garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's without even thinking about the yeah. other stuff. So your point about how, you, how they actually physically conduct a test is worth mm -hmm. noticing as well, N worth noting, Talal. Never before, like if you see how invasive that is and how, how physically rigorous they push that swab up a person's nose or into their mouth. Like the nose, the idea that you have to go that far up someone's nose to you're at a, at a very soft tissue area, yeah. close to like brain, brain tissue, um, the idea that you have to go that far to get a, a viral sample is crazy to me and crazy to lots of other people. You know, everyone has nose hairs and the reason you have nose hairs is as a first line of defense to stop stuff going up that <laughs> far up your nose. Mm, so. Yeah. You should be able, in other conditions, you would swab closer to the, yeah. the, the nasal opening, the yeah. bottom end of your nostril, rather than putting it right up between your eyes are. And, mm. and I'm not convinced with these lateral flow tests either. I'm not a, not a big fan of those either. Well, I, I don't know an awful lot about lateral flow, but um, what, people, what people are suggesting is with the lateral flow, the, the, the benefit that it's sold on is you get a quicker result. Um, now... I don't think people are happy with the lateral flow test in its own right, and the government, for example, are suggesting that if you get a positive lateral flow, then you should go for the PCR as a confirmation anyway. Um, you know, I'd, when you see there's, there's stuff that's in the public domain or coming into the public domain, there's been uh, a documentary about one of the labs in Northern Ireland six months or nine months ago and the sloppy practices around yeah, how, the, how the samples were handled. Yeah. You know, and ultimately that's, that's crazy and it's... it's it's almost criminal, I would suggest, that people are getting those results and it's a positive result if it's not your result or if it's a false positive, the impact that that can have on an individual, their family through isolation, having to stop off work, often unpaid. Mm. The, the knock-on effect of, of for those that are using test, track and trace, you know, all your colleagues could be set, sat at home. You know, it's, yeah. it's crazy. And as I say, for me, we've got a case-demic and we've had a case-demic for a long time. I'm going to ask, what's the lateral test or whatever you're on about there? I've never actually seen one. My, my mother, she would do, She works in she works in Cavan Hospital, so she would do it a couple of times a week. I think that they have to do it a couple yeah. times a week. Yeah. And so I just know that... So the, la the lateral flow test comes out, it's like a pregnancy test. Yeah. So a little uh, a little mark appears in, in the window, yeah. if you like, as, nice. you're, as you're seeing it develop. <coughs> yeah. So it's much quicker. Um, but I, I, I think that most instances, a positive lateral flow leads on to yeah. that crazy PCR test. See, I, I do definitely think there was... I, I, the one thing I could never get my head around from the very start of this whole thing was uh, that these people who are asymptomatic, is, is it something... Is, I don't never know anybody to have a disease and, and not have any symptoms at all. Well, I'm a pharmacist and I don't know either, so that's a, that's this a, that's a <laughs> critical... That's made his day there. <laughs> this is why we have you on, because I'd say this, people think, oh, I'm him talking shade again, but we'll have somebody <laughs> on in the, in the profession. Yeah, well, obviously there'll be other pharmacists who probably disagree with that, yeah. um, but for me, 
you're right. You know, if someone, if the, oh, the concept, why did you say that? the concept, because <laughs> he is, the, co- the concept of asymptomatic <laughs> is is alien to me. Yeah. And the the for me, symptoms are related to in this case, if it's a viral illness, to the viral load. Yes. So the more viral load that you have, the more likely you are going to be to be exhibiting symptoms because that's yes. your body's way of fighting. Yeah. In this case, a virus. So if you don't have any symptoms, it tells you that your body's not having to work too hard to get rid of anything. Yeah. Mm. The question I should ask at the very start, do you think COVID-19 is real? That's the question I should ask at the very start. Do you think it's real? Do you think it's a real virus? Um, I, well, <laughs> diffi- difficult one to allow. I don't, I don't actually know. And the reality is there's a huge amount of debate over whether COVID... SARS-CoV-2 was ever properly isolated and the full genome isolated. Yeah. You know, that it's such a... It, it's crazy to think that that was not the case, if it was not the case. And this thing has basically taken over the world and rocked everyone's world and continues to do so. Yeah. You know, um, I have a debate with a cousin of mine who's uh, in Australia, who's a, a medical professional as well, and he won't have this issue. He, as far as he's concerned, hundreds of labs and hundreds of universities have isolated it. But if you gain, if you see the amount of freedom of information requests that I've seen and other people will have seen, nobody, nobody in Northern Ireland has has evidence that it was ever isolated. And I think what happened was there was talk that the Chinese isolated it. But I think what what happens now with technology and modelling is they may well have taken some fragments, got some fragments. And then they run it through modelling where they look at previous coronaviruses or other coronaviruses and they come up with, well, this was what we think it would look like. Yeah. Um, that might not be the case, but that's my, my sense of it. Um, and the danger with that, of course, is that we've subsequently gone on to come up with um, the injection, which mm. is supposed to be specific to the yes. virus. So if you haven't properly isolated the virus, how can you develop mm. a, a truly accurate... Yeah. Vaccine to, to deal with it, or so, an injection, but, but ha- as you injection. call it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so I'm trying to I'm trying to keep myself on on both sides here. I don't want to say anything too controversial, but um, uh, free, your, your point free speech. There, your point there about um, does it exist? I think it, there's no doubt about it. There's something killing people. Yes, yes, and putting people some people in serious condition in hospital. Mm. Um, I have a brother-in-law who tested positive, subsequently went into hospital and had a tough time. And he's only coming back from it months later. Um, now, something obviously affected him. But I think one of the things that you've got to be thinking about and you've got to be cognizant of is that flu vanished. Flu has vanished. There's no, there's no flu anywhere in the world over the last 18 months. Um, so yeah. I don't know. Some people would say the true COVID believers would probably say, well, that just shows that COVID has outmuscled influenza. And it's a stronger virus, and it's it's knocked it out of the park. Now it's it's bizarre when you look at the flu information. There is yeah. no flu anywhere in the world. I I, I think it's because the flu is because if you, like especially where I work, if you were ill at all, you weren't allowed on site. It was like no, you have to go home mm-hmm. and self isolate. Even if you tested negative, which yeah. is crazy to me. So if you tested negative, you still had isolate for fourteen days or was so. Um, that's why, because you weren't mixing. Because I mean, like I've been into work with colds and stuff. The next thing, person sitting beside me has got a cold. Surely that's why there's no flu because nobody was allowed to see anybody. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, perhaps. So you know, there may be a little bit of evidence of that, but um, that's an important point for me too. You see, because if you look at if you look at natural immunity, 
and people's natural defense system, then that actually is a negative thing. So I work as a community pharmacist and generally I'd have to say that people who work alongside, people who work in a community pharmacy environment are never sick, generally never sick. And the reason we're never sick is because we have an amazing immune system because we're continually bombarded by germs. We have people coming in and coughing, ordinarily coming in and coughing and sneezing all over us. Yes. The environment is toxic, but that's how you develop a good, strong natural mm. immunity. You're continually bombarded by things. Your body reacts to it as long as you're well and you, you've got decent nutrition um, and you've got no underlying conditions, immune suppression, for example, that sort of thing. So, so ironically, all this locking away, um, all the face mask wearing, it means that we've probably lowered our natural immunity to other things. This is what I was going to... Do you believe herd, herd immunity was the way forward? Do you think it was the way through out of this pandemic or case-demic, sorry, I'm going to call it. Well, I like that word. Herd, herd immunity. So the, the people who, who back, who are fully behind, let's say, fully behind the vaccine process, and, and I'm not an anti-vaxxer. That's worth saying. I am not an anti-vaxxer. Yes. And there's lots of people who think like me. I'm just concerned about this vaccine. I'm reticent about this vaccine. Yeah, I, I'm actually going to stop you there. The reason I have you on, because yeah, I don't know if I've said this right, I think I said it before short recording, but uh, you stopped me, at, i seen you in a shop, mm-hmm. and it sort of as well, John, I haven't seen you a long time, we're talking COVID, obviously, and I said, what about your vaccine? And he goes, no, haven't got it. And he says, why? He goes, because I'm not educated, or public aren't educated enough on what they're taking. And that's st- and he was like, he's a pharmacist, and I've got my first job, and... Oh, uh, here we go. Well, uh, more than that, Talal, um, I think the, the key thing, the reason why I haven't got it, and all I would say to people is I haven't got it yet. Yes, yes. Yeah, haven't got it yet. That doesn't mean that I'm not going to get it. So I'm open-minded enough that there might be something that comes along that changes my opinion. But for now, I don't see enough, and I'm concerned about things like adverse reactions and deaths that are being reported I'm, I'm concerned enough about that to think that it's not for me. Everyone's got to make their own decision on a vaccine or anything else that they're putting into their body. You know, and you've got to think about, well, what's the risk-benefit ratio yeah. like? So what's the risk? For me, I would always say to people who are deliberating over whether they take this vaccine, the injection, and <laughs> what, what I would say is you've got to think to yourself, what's the risk of me coming down with SARS-CoV-2? And then secondly, if I get it, what's the risk it's going to do me some damage? And then if you can say, if you say, well, I'm at real risk, if I end up, if I end up with a bad dose of whatever this is, it could knock me over, then you should seriously consider getting it. So my dad, for example, um, is 80 this year and he took it. Now, I wasn't 100% comfortable with him taking it, but I had a chat with him and he's his own man. He listened to what I had to say to an extent. Um, and then he went ahead and did what he wanted to do anyway. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so that, that's, that's the upshot of it. So everyone needs to make an yeah. informed decision. Yeah, that's what you said. Informed that's what decision. And that's the, that for me is a massive problem. And it comes back to the issue of censorship and in, in availability to the, to the public of the both sides of the story. Yes. So potentially all these people who's got their vaccines ready are going to have to get something else down the line. Is what Top ups, you mean? Not necessarily top ups, but see the way you said that they've took bits of the the COVID or whatever you want to call it, and haven't got it all fully tested. They haven't got everything, and they were given this vaccine out for that part of it. Yeah, 
Well, uh, well, obviously it's a good question, but I think it's already out there. The governments, the Western world governments, and, and further afield, are already saying that you're going to be getting a booster. They're talk- they've already yeah. said that the booster's coming for the vulnerable people, the older vulnerable people. But the booster, is it going to be just a top-up of what they've got, or is there going to be a new No, well, that's, 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 what, that's a good question. And one of the interesting things is that, certainly with the mRNA vaccines, mm. they can be produced, they can be uh, designed very quickly because it's all done on computer. So mm. they look at this this genome they have, this which is partly, I th- partly I believe, isolated and partly mm. um, showing what the family of the viruses would look like. So they can knock up, they can, if they are isolating the new variants as they yeah. talk about, then in theory it's very easy for them to change the RNA um, in the vaccine or in the injection to do, to do a job on yeah. that new challenge. Uh-huh. Now, that's a really, one of the most important things to think about with <coughs> that is this idea that these variants that we're all scared shitless about basically, um, these variants are hugely different to any each other or to what the original one was. And I don't be, believe for one second that there's much difference. No, mm. I don't either. They're tiny, tiny difference, little tiny difference. So what you've got to think about, nothing like as different as the strains of the flu will be because the flu, the flu mutates much quicker, okay? So I think that the Delta variant, this Indian variant that had a change in the name of because the Indian government went bananas about <laughs> it. Yes. Um, the Delta variant. Um, China. That, that Delta variant is very, very similar to any of the other variants, yes. I believe. Uh, and the other thing that follows on from that is that, again, coming back to the point I made early on, SARS-CoV-2 is very close to SARS-CoV-1. Mm-hmm. We were told at the very outset, you'll remember you guys, that it was they were very, very c- clever, very careful to point out that this was a novel, N-O-V-E-L, novel virus. Yes. So novel meant different, new. We'd never seen anything like it before. That's not the case. Yes. So it's very close to SARS-CoV-1, which has a, an, a very important uh, point following on from that that means that a lot of people will already have immunity to the to this family of coronaviruses mm, yes. if they've had SARS-CoV-1 they will have they'll have antibodies and things like T-cells and other forms of immunity that prevent or protect them from further similar coronaviruses just like this one yeah see I I, I think that they bring out these variants and it's all we're gonna we're gonna get into it now it's all for fear yeah for me they released the vaccine it was December vaccine was released and the reason, and, and that's why there was such a hard lockdown over Christmas time, because probably the hardest time to be away from your friends, your family. Mm-hmm. I was like, right, fuck it, but let's go and get the vaccine here just to get us out. And I think that's why I'm a real conspiracy. Governments, yeah. the government's out to get us. There's no, you not, you not <laughs> change your mind, and of course they are. And um, so that's why it was all over the news. This woman got her first vaccination. That's it's fine. And I sort of, I was sort of half anti-vax, and then I sort of to myself, well, I can't really call myself. Big conspiracy gay and not believe anyway. I, I told you I told reasons hard. So I, I think it's all to do with fear and control and you think it's the same don't. Yeah, don't well, you? well it, the the government have told us it, it's out there. It's open. It's open that um, it's about they've they've they set out to scare the public, which for me is absolutely criminal. When you've yes. got a government, and you can say whatever you like about the politics of any government. So if we'll we'll just look at. We'll look at England rather yes. than come too close to home yes. and upset anyone. <laughs> but if you look at England, you know, the whole idea that the Conservatives are in power and you've got Labour as, in theory, an opposition. But um, the reality is that there's no opposition, and that's one of the most frustrating things. Yes. All the po- party political, all the parties are in line with each other, by and large. And people who get upset about Boris Johnson, 
Boris Johnson sits more in my camp, where you had touched on earlier on about herd immunity, which I'd like to touch on again before we finish up. Yeah, but, of course. But um, Boris Johnson did actually want to go. He wanted to let it rip a little bit. And I don't like that term because that sounds heartless, the idea that you're just going to let this deadly virus run through the population. Yeah. yeah. But that's not what I mean at all. What I would have done and what we should have done, and we actually did the opposite of that, was protected the vulnerable people. Yes. So the vulnerable people in all of this uh, are were, were always going to be the elderly people because as we get older, we become more vulnerable. Um, I talk to people... I talk to people about this and I always, the way I put it across to them is, you know, we're all in an airport and we're edging closer to the departures lounge. Yes. And then when something comes along, our flight goes and that's us, we're, we're off somewhere else. Um, and the reality was that um, the people who were sitting in the departures lounge, the vulnerable, should have been looked after. They should have been protected and isolated and all the rest of it. And let other people, the people who this virus was not going to be a life threat to, they should have been allowed to get on with stuff yeah. because what what that would have done was that would have developed natural herd immunity so all these young people um who are being tested now with no symptoms some of them will be positive probably most of them i would think have got antibodies so they've come into contact with it yeah so they have a level of immunity now the world health organization in the last year 18 months actually changed the definition of herd immunity believe it or not so it used to be that herd immunity was seen as a nat- largely natural state that you got through a reaction to an anti so- something that was yeah. affecting your body, you know, like a virus, a bacterial infection, whatever. But they actually changed it so that they don't recognise natural herd immunity now. So herd immunity can only be achieved through intervention. Okay. So the vaccine, for example. So vaccination will get you to herd immunity too. So it's interesting that if you look at the numbers, herd immunity, um, the threshold for herd immunity varies from disease state to disease state. So I was looking at it earlier on. And um, for example, I think measles is something like 83 to 94%. Yeah, measles is 83 to 94%. Polio is 80 to 86%. They're the thresholds. And once you get to that threshold, there's enough... Um, there's enough immunity in the system to basically kill the disease off. Yes. Yeah. So interestingly enough, we're already at 80 plus percent vaccination in the UK of adults. Yes. Yes. I, uh, yeah. So, yeah. so you know, by all other measures, we've already we're already at that level, and that's only the vaccinated people. But there will be lots of other people who will have immunity from previous SARS um, or other coronaviruses, you know, because the reality is coronaviruses have been around since the start of time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Common cold is a type of coronavirus. Yeah. Um, so that's that's the sort of level you're operating at at, at herd immunity. Sorry, I come off there. What was what was what were we talking about there? Where have we got to? The fear, fear, fear. Yes, of course. Fear. Yeah. So um, <coughs> I suppose I, I that was what really got me going at the start, and I stuck a little post on my Facebook today where. Um, Basically, it was talking about the people who who still aren't awake really to what's going on or the potential of what's going on here, yeah. and still believe exactly what our governments tell us. Um, now, it's described in the post that I copied that they're they're uh, they're dra- or they're living in this fairy tale, and up until I have to say up until eighteen months ago, I lived in that fairy tale, and I thought mistakenly that the government was there to look after us and protect us and provide for us. And as soon as I, I saw really quickly, you know, I didn't believe the stuff that we were seeing in China. Um, 
And I felt uncomfortable and I thought, there's not a chance that's real. And you see all those body bags and the same in Italy. And I thought, not a chance. So from then on, that's when I started to question stuff. And the reality is, coming back to the question of fear, the government has set out to scare the public. But do you, do you remember where, I think I remember where at the start, when COVID hit nor, nor, Northern Ireland, there was like rumours going about that there was uh, refrigerated lorries to have their freezers on, no to store the dead bodies. There was there was holes being dug to bury them. And it was just like, mm. of course, and I, to be honest with you, at the start I was sort of going, this is a bit scary. And yeah. then you sort of read in, in, in between the lines and I get into a guy called, you know who Alex Jones is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the Infowars. Infowars. <laughs> and in 2010. Oh, he, yeah. Do you know I've who I'm on Yes, yeah. 2000. <laughs> TikTok, TikTok's TikTok great information. Exactly <laughs> this is where we get our education. TikTok, it's mad. In 2010, you're never too old. You're never too old for TikTok. Old. Never too old for TikTok. Um, Just don't put any videos up. <laughs> I see no videos up. That's when I could run it. Uh, and, and he had said that they, were, they, were, they had planned a, a worldwide pandemic. He and, ticked everything off. And lockstep. Like. He called it like a lockstep. But you know, you couldn't go to a baseball game. As obviously he's, he's American, couldn't go to a baseball game, and that's happening right now. Yeah. Um, you couldn't just go to the pub for a, a pint with your friends, you know. But Everything that's happened, he listed it off like basically. Oh, wait, wait, how did he, so here's a question. I know the answer, but for anyone who's listening who doesn't know the answer, how where, did he come up with this himself? No, he no. just investigated. <laughs> no, so it, it's out yeah. there. It's out there. The information's out there. Yeah. So, I answer that. We're like, no. <laughs> so, so the, the Rockefeller Institute and Rockefeller Institute World Economic Forum. They talk about the, uh, the the Great Reset. You know, there's documents yeah. out there, and it lays all this out. That's all he's talked about. It's all the Great Reset is is 100. It, it, it's in it's in motion as yes. as we are sitting here right now. And, uh, well, the big question to a lot of people have is that I the, the people who friends of mine who don't think like I do and still trust the governments. Um, their big question is why why would they be doing this? Why would they be doing this? And the reality is that I believe our leaders are puppets. You know, they're they're just they're largely, no matter where we are, north, south, east, exactly. or west, they're largely only concerned with looking after themselves and keeping their jobs, and they'll do pretty much whatever it takes <laughs> to do that. Now, yes. for me, that's about party politics. So, something I've thought a lot about over the last eighteen months is the the idea that going forward we need to get away from party politics and get independence, people who can think for themselves, yeah. and who aren't told by their leadership and whips how to vote. That's that's gonna be very difficult to do. Of course, a, it is. of course it is. Yeah, you know, like it's very hard for me to say I'm not a sheep. I went and got my vaccine, but I've I've given a good enough reason why I got it. Um, but coming back to the fear thing, there is, there's a great example of that. A couple of good examples I'd give people who you, you may not know this, but um, people see Valance and Witty, the two the science officer and the medical yes, yes. officer standing on the podium opposite or alongside Bojo the clown. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Those two guys um, sit on SAGE, which is the Science Advisory Group for Emergencies. People have heard of SAGE. And within SAGE, there's a couple of different groups. There's a big group of people who feed into SAGE, but they have two very significant groups within that. One is a modelling group, SPI-M, it's called S-P-I apostrophe M, or dash M, and SPI-B. Now, SPI-M is a modelling, so the M stands for modelling, so that's the guy's like Neil Ferguson, who people will have heard of. Yeah, I don't know who he is. Who was basically disgraced, but is back in the fold and he's reinvented <laughs> and he's now... Somehow. We're listening to him again. So they do all the computer modelling and that's where we get the crazy numbers. So he did, he did his modelling last year based on six flights that came out of Wuhan of people coming home to the UK. 
and they come up with the idea that we were going to if we if we didn't lock down, for example, if we didn't come in with extreme measures, we're going to be five hundred thousand people died in the first wave in the UK. <laughs> so that's 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 what it looks like turned Boris Johnson around from following perhaps a Swedish model of look after the vulnerable and let it go through yeah. the the well people. But so that so the second part of that is Spy B. Now Spy B is the behavioural science team. Okay, and their job is to come up with how you manage the behaviours of the public. And that's that's where the, the fear comes in. And they use things... It's out there. If you look at the meeting notes, the, the, the most illuminating meeting notes were their meeting. They had a meeting in March of 2020. And the notes are in the public domain if you know where to look for them. And they actually say that they weren't happy with the response from the public and it was time to ramp up the fear, really scare people. <laughs> and that, that's the advice that, that went along. Now I've seen there's two other things on that. I've seen a brilliant, a brilliant piece this week um, by there's there's a channel that's worth following for people called HugoTalks.com. Don't know if you've heard of that. No, never heard of it. No. Very good. And this guy just comes on and he tends to rant a wee bit, but he talks about very concise little five minutes about what's going on today. And he was he posted a video that a Scottish um, entertainment hypnotist had put up. And basically this hypnotist was showing, explaining how he hypnotised people back in the day when he was on stage and relating it to what's going on in the UK. Okay. Yeah. And it made perfect sense to me, you know, because yeah. I, I've done, I did a little bit of training years ago on managing people's behaviours in a previous job. And it involves a thing called NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. And basically that's about how you influence people and how you get people to do things for you. And we used it in a management context so that you could bring people on board mm. and get them basically to do what the company wanted. <laughs> These guys are experts in it and they're doing it on a grand scale. So this Scottish guy um, basically shows the techniques and simple things like the, the message repeated over and over and over and over until it becomes even subliminal and people just believe it because they've heard of that often. It becomes the truth. Yeah. And people are hypnotised. It made sense to me. And it also helped me because I get very frustrated from people that I really care about who don't see things the same way as I do. And it doesn't matter what I talk to them about, but if, I, if you appreciate that they may be hypnotised, they cannot see, they can't get out yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's all about fear. And the last thing on fear is there was a girl, a journalist called Laura Dodsworth, has written a fantastic book called State of Fear about this topic and it's it's, okay. it's available now uh -huh. um, and I've, I've seen her interviewed on lots of things where she talks about she talks about what the government have done and they have there's no doubt about it the government in this country and every other country that's on board with this is terrifying the people and that's that's outrageous you know so any anyone <coughs> anyone who's got a family member or someone close to them who's scared to come out of the house still and there are lots of people like that even yeah. younger people that's down to the government. The government's yeah. doing that to them. It's and we crazy. have the same in our country. We have the same scaremongering, whether it's our chief medical officer, chief scientific officer, first minister, second minister, health minister. They're all the same. They're all they're all talking it talking up the fear. One thing I haven't never had with the whole thing is the fear. You've never been afraid? No, no, of this uh, cold COVID thing. COVID I just, I've never really said in other terms, I'd never give a fuck about it. Really? <laughs> nah. But, but do you, have you been watching the news? 
not really. Nah. Well, that's the key to it. That's, so why. that's why. That's why. That's why. My woman shouts at me all the time. Put your mask on. Put your mask on. I don't fucking need a mask. No, but that, that's a really interesting point. So if you think about it, I say to people, I was talking to someone about this earlier on today. If you think about it, if you didn't watch TV, mm. if you weren't bombarded by TV and you didn't read the newspapers and you didn't listen to the radio yeah. or you listened to Spotify instead of the radio, you would not know there's a pandemic. Yeah. You'd never have known there was a pandemic. Because what, what we were told was these bodies would be lying in the streets. Never happened. Mm. And it's interesting, the whole, the whole thing about wearing masks is partly, I think, I think the government themselves have more or less said that the masks are there to help get the message across about how serious the situation we're in. So yeah. there's, there's limited value that even they see, but it helps ramp up the fear. So if people are around yeah. the place and all they see is people wearing masks, it backs up that thinking that the government's created. We're in the middle of something really serious here. Yeah, yeah. it's not going to let you go to the back of your mind. It's still going to be there at the front left. Whenever, two weeks before the first lockdown in March, I had a, a, a baby. And so my girlfriend You're looking well. <laughs> my, uh, still stretch marks. Plenty. So my girlfriend hadn't left the house in about five, six weeks. So she was kind of like oblivious to it all. And whenever it was like our big day to Asda, mm-hmm. we, we went over to Asda and she was like, so was she couldn't believe she was <laughs> like, people wearing gloves and masks. And yeah. I was like, ah, this is just how it's been. And she could, like, couldn't believe how quiet the roads were. And she was like, like to be fair, she she is a wee bit, a wee bit scared. And, but that's why I sort of, I sort of, sort of the dive, I dive deep. Like I get into a serious rabbit hole that she was like, but I've tried to convince her and I, I made her watch a, 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 a documentary which I really sure was that, was that accurate did you ever watch the documentary Plandemic yeah I've seen it yeah. I wasn't that convinced bad but it sort of gave her and I, I, I sort of turned to go look the govern, government really aren't on our side here like they, what no. they're telling us is not, is not real and because you, you see it like each time you think today in um Italy, the front mm. newspaper, yeah. hunt the unvaccinated. Yeah, yeah, like, what is a crazy term? Yeah, like yeah. Hunt, the hunt. They're, they're going to hunt down the unvaccinated. And that, that Jesus that Christ. Message, that message has come out in the Italian press, it's come out in the Spanish press, and it's come out in New Zealand. So in, in New Zealand they've got that that um, f- female prime minister who everyone was very positive at the start. Yeah, 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 yeah. Basically, like, she's tyrannical, you know. Yeah. And she is saying they will go door to door and hunt down the people who haven't had the vaccine. And what are they planning on doing on them? <laughs> so what? They're just going to hold them down. But this this is this is a thing. This is why you know people need to be informed. Like make a decision. I like I know people who who can't believe that somebody won't go and get the vaccine or the injection. Yeah. Whereas I'm like, hey, if you want to take it, take it. If you don't want to. But the, don't, the, reason don't take come, it. the reason for that, Talal will take excuse those people, is because they don't have the full information. Exactly. All the information they have is the scare tactics that the government have been bombarding yeah. on every channel. So the reality is if, if people knew where to go for alternative information, then people might start to see it differently. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's really important because one of the things that we need is for the people who are unvaccinated, they're going to come under increasing pressure here. And one of the things that the governments do is I welcome they, it. they mix they mix messages deliberately. The hypnosis guys yes, yes. me about said that that's one of the things they do. They want to get people into a heightened sense of mm. um, of excitement, and it, not good excitement. Yeah. But once you're in that heightened state of excitement, they become more suggestible. That's what the hypnotist said. So, 
So the, the danger with that is then that they'll accept what they're told and the government's mixing <coughs> messages all the time to keep people yeah. on, on their edge. See, I, I, I have a friend and she travels a lot. Like She would do a lot of travelling on her own and everything. And um, I remember when the vaccine came out, I goes, are you going to get the vaccine? She goes, no, I don't think I'm ever going to need it. And she, and she would be, you know, she would eat really well and exercise and stuff. And all of a sudden then she went, a couple of months goes, you know what, I'm actually going to get it. And I was like, why? She goes, because I want to go on an airplane. Mm-hmm. And I, that's what they're using now. Like it wasn't started. It was like right, vaccines gonna happen. It's holding it ransom, basically. Like. Your life is it's not gonna be worth living. It's coercion, yeah. and that's that's outrageous. That's against basically that's against the Nuremberg yeah. Code that came in after the Second World War. You know that deals with the whole issue of consent for medical treatments, yeah. um, and and the fact that coercion is not allowed. It's it's banned and it's 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 outlawed by lots of different yeah. legal um, statutes and what have you all across the world and that's what's happening there's no doubt about it it's coercion so f- tonight in the news in Northern Ireland Robin Swan is putting the pressure on and basically telling people that first vaccinations will be no longer available after the end of July so yeah. so if you decide like me I'm not ready to take it yet he's saying that you're not going to get it after the first of, after the end of July so you better you better have it now. Yeah. Even if your mind's not made up, you better have it now because it's not going to be there after that. Yeah, exactly. Like yes. a, that's a, that's extreme coercion. That, that that's that's inexcusable. That's uh, bullshit. <laughs> but the people are soaking it up. Like you know, I I just can't believe how more people aren't like I realize. Like I'm, I, they're hypnotized. I, I I know, but I snap out of it. Back but in the room. We can't, we can't make it. That's the point this it's guy made. We cannot snap him out of it because they're continuously the, bombarding you with it. Like. The people who are hypnotizing yes. have got them under their spell you know the same way as if you've been to a stage hypnotist it's the stage hypnotist who has to bring the person back yeah. nobody else can do it this podcast is going to save the world John this is good. This is going to go viral <laughs> viral more viral than COVID, than COVID. So, so you might get to <laughs> or the last 20, one 25 to 30 listeners maybe maybe but the where have we got to there were a couple of little things there that we had sort of I still can't get over that there Hunt the fucking unvaccinated. Hunt the I'm telling you, the fear is crazy. And Come like I, for me. And, and I have been saying that. I go, they have just been fear. The government just want fear. And that's why COVID-19 was... How long do you think it'll be till they do it over here? Hunt the unvaccinated. Oh, it's, 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 it's coming. It'll, it'll be here if, in a couple of months. It, we're, we're very close here. We're very close to the border. Yeah. Like two, two days recently, I was working in a pharmacy right on the border. I used to work south and I can't do it anymore because although I've got a lot of family there, I can't believe what's happened to the people down there. Yeah. Like... For whatever reason, they have they have been completely nailed down. Mm. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's the fluoride in the water supply that we were talking about earlier <laughs> on before the <laughs> But there's certainly something at play there. Um, they've been they've been well paid to stay at home. Yeah, which has also had a factor in this whole thing. Um, and one thing which um, it's worth talking about, I think very often um, the people who are seen as successful who have been successful in life. They're the people who are more likely to be uh, feel that their government looks after them, mm. and maybe that's why I've I've yeah. been lucky in life, um, and I suppose that's why I've always thought they're at, they're looking out for me, and it's not really like that. No. And very often, what we what we find is that it's sometimes people who are less fortunate in life, yeah, who are the ones can see through. You know, they they don't believe the bullshit that we're fed down the tube. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that's really, really important going forward, I think, Talal, is that people who are vaccinated and have the option to go to these events, for example, that are basically 
apartheid. Yes, yes, yes. The, the, those people, we need, the people who are unvaccinated need those people to say, no, I'm not going there. Yeah, because exactly. I'm, I'm not. I'm not signed up to apartheid. So if you look back to the old days, apartheid people think of South Africa and yeah. the, the, the black and white apartheid. So any whites who went along with that, shame on them because yeah. they should have. They should have known that it's not. It's not right. Yeah. And it's the same for me with this. Anyone who's anyone who's going to the Foo Fighters gig in America, where you had to be jabbed up, shame on them. Yeah. You know, shame on the Foo Fighters. And I love the band. They're one of my favorite bands ever to see live, but I'll never see them again, um, even if I got the chance. Yeah. But, but things like that. So we need the unvaxxed uh, need those people to stand with us. You see, I think this government, and I, I, I don't think there's a different government for every part of the world. I think it's one world. This is what they're trying to bring in this it's new world order. That way, yeah. And uh, the need division, and I don't know, I can't really figure out why the need division. But if you look at in the past twelve to eighteen months, the relations between Catholic and Protestant have, I, I think, in this country have never been, in, haven't been as bad in a long time. You had the whole black white Black Lives Matter movement. You had, you have uh, Palestine and Israel. That's all kicked off again, and now it's vaccinated against unvaccinated. And I don't understand. Why? Why? Well, it's, it's simple to all. It's that old dividing conquer. Ah, but I don't. I don't so surely they want everybody. Divide the people, turn the people against each other, and they'll do the job for you. See, they'll do the government's job for them. I, I have said the quickest way to get not to get Northern Ireland vaccinated is for one for either Sinn Féin or the DUP to come out and go. All Protestants are now vaccinated, or all Catholics are now vaccinated. And I'm telling you, they would be fighting to get a vaccine because yeah, yeah. that's just this country's just. I know that's a different. But, different but, story. It's, but that's it. It's, it's divisive. So if you if you. The government's been clever. We talked about how they've managed people's thought, people's thought process and scared them all the way through this. But they've also been clever. So they're they're actually, I believe, encouraging people. You know, so the unvaccinated are coming under pressure. They hope from the vaccinated. Yes, yes. You know, so they're they're suggesting that all these people, any people who are going to hospital at the minute, they, the government would like to suggest. That it's the unvaccinated that are causing the problems, and that's what we've got to be prepared for. Yeah. Whenever, whenever, inevitably, in the autumn time, we get seasonal respiratory infections come back, um, and it's going to be tagged as the omega variant or whatever it is by then, and the people who are going to get the blame are the unvaccinated, and that's partly mm. whether there's any truth in it or not. That's that's partly to put the pressure on them from the vaccinated. Now, one interesting point on this is. It came out. It's come out that lots of people are ending up in hospital with positive COVID tests and unwell after having their two injections. Yes, I, exactly. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. Do you don't think it'll be? I don't understand. I, you know. Do you think they'll lock everything down again soon? I yeah, think, I think we're guaranteed. Because oh, guaranteed. Yeah. As Talal suggests, you know, if this is about one world government and control and keeping people in check and heading towards the Chinese system of Good citizen. Oh, social credit score. Social credit score. One hundred percent. All those things, you know, that's that. Mm. That's the next step on. It's about control. They're not gonna. They've got their knee on our necks now. Yeah. And they're not gonna let that off easily. You know, the reality is, people talk about. Um, people talk about the whole thing about the vaccine passport, and you know that was fought for decades against it, etc., etc. And the last time it was anything like this was in the Second World War. And it took like 17 or 18 years, I think, after the Second World War before that got, was got rid of. You know, so when governments get a grip on the people and yeah. tighten restriction and restrict freedoms, it takes a hell of a lot to get them back. They're not easy brought back. And it's ironic that although all our friends in England are in theory enjoying freedom now, 
it's not real freedom. No, any no. are there any more free than we are at the minute? I, I don't <coughs> think so. Like, uh, well, they're allowed. Uh, they're allowed in theory now that they don't have to wear a mask. mask. But the the counter message which is thrown out there to keep the fear ramped up is it's up to you and it's it's good to, to wear the mask. You know. Uh, yeah. But but I would settle for at least giving people the freedom of choice. Yes. Yeah. I think that's ultimately what what you want. Like I have no problem in in a year's time if somebody. W- Wears a mask. I'm more told we don't have to wear one anymore. If I want to wear a mask, that's fine. I'm, I'm 100%. 100%. Some people okay. should. Shut A full face one, not that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just mad. It's, 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 it's crazy. Like. Mm. That's what I'm mad, talking about, John. Mad times. Mad times. You, 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 have a, you have a book full of stuff there. Well, it's my pet subject, you know, so it's great, <laughs> to, it's great to be able to... Um, it's great to be able to bore more, more people than normal talking about this stuff. No, no, I wouldn't say you're born. No, yeah. it's, it's probably one of the driest ones of these you've ever had to do. No, we've had we've had some we've had some rough ones now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you've had plenty of rough ones. This is educational, you see. This is this is yeah, a couple of little things, I suppose, um, just to finish up. And this is really important um, about the whole idea that the only way out of this was through the injection, the virus. You know, the, the, yeah. and that's not the case. That that's an absolute scandal. Um, now there are there are common treatments that could easily have been repositioned to fight this, and there's lots of evidence of that now. Um, but it doesn't get the light of day in in the in most countries in the world. Quite simply because I believe there's no money in it. Big pharma have an interest, of course, mm. obviously, in pumping vaccines out there, and it's like this is the gift that keeps on giving because we're <laughs> going to be. It's like the flu. We're going to be getting. We're going to be told we need this vaccine and a booster every year, yeah. and maybe twice a year. Yeah. So all of a sudden you've got, potentially you've got 60 million or 60 billion people on the planet who, and they're going to rub their hands and think this is it. We're on the gravy train forevermore. Yeah. Coming back to it. So the thing that always got me about this is whenever people went and got a positive PCR test, especially if they were feeling, if they had symptoms, I think it's, a, it's madness that nobody was there to tell them, now this is what you should do to protect yourself. Yeah. The government told us that this three weeks to flatten the curve was to save the NHS and stop the hospitals being overrun. Yeah. But now, on face value, that's, that's fine. I understand that. But these guys, basically, if they truly meant that, then they would have had, they would have had some ideas on what you can do to stop <laughs> the worst symptoms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the reality is there are options. So one of the biggest things with this is things that everyone should be aware of is vitamin D, yeah. mm. vitamin C, zinc, Three, three things that are easily available in a health food store, you don't need a prescription or anything else, and that boosts your own natural immunity. And that's the sort of thing that we should be certainly taking in the winter months when we don't get enough sunlight. And for those of us who work indoors, probably don't get enough sunlight during the summer either. Yeah. We need to be doing that because vitamin D is crucial. It's critical. It's been proven critical in development of cancers and all sorts of things. But there's not a word of it. No. Um, so vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc, those sorts of things, and then there are other prescribed interventions, things like hydroxychloroquine, which back in the day Donald Trump got actually absolutely caned for. <laughs> he talked about hydroxychloroquine, and hydroxychloroquine is widely accepted, I would say, by the non-governmental yeah. scientists who are largely <coughs> bought off and of interests have been bought by yes. drug companies. Um, you know, they, they that, that option would have been there, hydroxychloroquine. Now, people tell me, I've never had it, but people who go to Southeast Asia travel and say it's very hard. It's an anti-malarial. 
prevents malaria, but it's hard on the body. But the other one that's out there, which there's lots of talk about, but you'll never hear about it in the mainstream press, is a thing called ivermectin. Okay. So ivermectin is it's basically um, an anti-parasitic drug. So I know from your family history you have a sister who was into horses. Yes. So worming, a wormer for horses contains ivermectin. So it's anti-parasitic. Yeah. But it's been shown that it works very well against COVID as a preventer and also as a treatment. And it's cheap as chips. So it's, it's available in India, for example, and that's one of the reasons why the Indian numbers of yeah. people dying with coronavirus, COVID-19, is so small. Because they have that. They're, they're on that for, yeah. to prevent other things coming along. So there's things like that that our people disgracefully have not had the option for. You know, crazy stuff. Mm. So it, it's as though the only answer, we were waiting for the vaccine. There was nothing yeah. else. And that's not true. And to let people who are vulnerable die to control yeah, but we the talk, population. We touched, we touched on that earlier on about if we had protected the vulnerable, right? So what the government's actually did was the opposite of that. They, they took the people, the, the vulnerable people, out of the, out of the hospitals they will say to get ready for the influx of people, yeah. mm. the van loads, ambulance loads of people who were coming down with coronavirus. So they took all the old people out of the hospitals and they put them into homes, into care homes. Mm. And lots of them came out without a test. So some of those people, we all know that one of the most dangerous places to find yourself in is a hospital. Yes. Yeah. So if you can stay at a hospital, you stay at a hospital, no matter how good the system is. Yeah. So there's lots of bugs that are found in hospital, MSRA and, or MRSA and stuff like that. Um, and then you've got the whole issue about the coronavirus already being there. So they seeded coronavirus into the homes at a time when there was no, not enough PPA. Yes. You know, so if you look at the number of people, if you look at where people died with coronavirus, with a positive test, the vast majority in the first, first period of it yeah. were in care homes. Yeah. And the uh, government, there was a government's policy. They actually used to report that. that. Whenever the, the deaths, they used to, actually used to report there's been 20 deaths, 17 that were in a care home, and you're going, mm. fuck, I'd have been out. If I was in a care home, I'd have been out. <laughs> that's, that's, that, if you think about it, that's where the vulnerable people were. Yeah, yeah, So this thing has got, whatever it is, has gone after the vulnerable, like yeah. every other challenge that comes yeah. along. The vulnerable people, unfortunately, are cold. That's, it sounds crude to say it. Yeah. And every death is a sad death, but, but the, that's, that's nature. People get to a certain age, they become vulnerable, something takes them away. Otherwise, we'd all live to, to 150. It's not yeah. going to happen. <laughs> no, definitely not. I, uh, for a man of my size, I never get sick. And I see all them vitamins and all your on it. I never take any of them. Touch wood. Now. But what age, what age are you? 33. And you, you look fit and healthy? Oh, well, I wouldn't say fit and healthy. <laughs> Although he's, he's just down to monster. Right yeah. there. <laughs> um, no, I very, very rarely get sick. Like. But, but most of us don't get sick. Yeah. That's the reality of it, you know. And you, you, you probably have a better diet than you think you have. You probably mm. get a bit of fresh air. You know, it's not rocket science. Yeah. yeah. If we look after ourselves and we don't carry too much weight. Now, one of the biggest threats we all have is sugar. You know, mm. and that leads to a thing called metabolic disease. And that's... That's our biggest threat. So, again, the government isn't talking about stopping sugar. They don't. The government doesn't try to stop cigarettes being sold. That's crazy. Too, Too much money going there. Correct. Yeah, that's exactly. Money. That's exactly it. It's about money. It's not. A, this is not about health. See, it's see, about money and it's about other things, but not about health. See, you're talking about treatments. Uh, February 2020. <laughs> you get this story a thousand times. So before coronavirus hit Northern Ireland, right? 
I, brought it in. You I, 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 I took deadly ill, right? And I was one of the first to ever get tested for it. And I came back negative. I said I had really bad pneumonia. I actually think it went into the UK chemist and I got the guy was given steroid. What way were you tested? Uh, the PCR. See, I will let you continue now. And um, I mean, I had every, every symptom, so the, the very first set of symptoms, obviously they've changed, whatever. But the very first was the... Yeah, the first set of symptoms have made change. How did yeah, of work? course. So the, the, the no taste or smell, the high temperature, I had them all by the bucket load. I was very unwell and um, I was prescribed a steroid. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that couple of days I was Yeah, well that, that's, that's one of the treatments. So if you, the people who, um, the people who were in hospital who, so many of them ended up on ventilators... A steroid, dexamethasone is a steroid. Now, you probably got prednisolone. That's what I got. Which is commonly prescribed and dispensed for asthmatics when they get inflammation of the chest. So dexamethasone is similar, similar sort of class of drug. But dexamethasone, again, cheap as chips and shown to be highly effective. Yes. Uh, why Why wasn't that given to anybody who tests a positive there to take Correct. two of those a day? Any, anyone who tested positive who had symptoms. Because the reality was anyone who tested positive who didn't have any symptoms was not going to end up in hospital anyway. Yeah. The idea that they were, how, how were they going to? No symptoms. Who's yeah. going to take them to hospital? My ma, <laughs> she was real sick. Was it February? Yeah, it's February it's time. around the same time as me, yeah. And she wasn't tested the normal way of getting COVID tested and all like, but she had all the symptoms too, like, and she had scarring on the lungs after it and everything, really? but she had pneumonia 10 years ago, and then they said it was pneumonia again. They let her out of the hospital a week later. She had to go back down now. Well, she got real bad. You see, in America in 2019, summer, no, sorry, the winter of 2018 in America, there was a mysterious lung disease, right, that shows very similar characteristics to COVID. Mm-hmm. They were sent, so these top scientists were sent to a, a, a lab in China to, apparently the state-of-the-art lab, to investigate in what Wuhan, this by any might have been <laughs> uh, to investigate this sort of virus. So th- that's okay. In London 2019, they w- then went from China to London to Cambridge or Oxford, one of them big universities, to further investigate it and see how. So that then in London, if you look, actually read a report, it was a fantastic article. Um, there was so many people had to come down with this bad case of a flu. And this is summer 2019. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, November, December is when Wuhan started. So, but you see, there, there, there's evidence. If you look at it, there was evidence. I think it was out of Barcelona or Madrid in the sewage, <coughs> sewage samples that were taken retrospectively, yeah. like come back to maybe September, October 2019, and the virus is supposed to be in the, in the samples, the, the wastewater. And yeah, it's it's been about in this lifetime but, but that's because it's not it's not novel come back to that point. yeah it's mm. not novel. exactly yeah, yeah. it's just a, it's another it's a tweaked version yeah now how was it tweaked you know that's a whole other rabbit hole to go Would down. It, not not from <laughs> a bot anyway <laughs> well no and i don't know if you guys you, you, i'm sure you've heard of dr fauci oh yes yes so, but the interesting thing is to allow that most people most people even people who have an interest in this topic most people don't know who Dr. Fauci is. Oh, and I know people, who he is. people should look up Dr. Fauci. He's and and the whole thing that's come out over the last little while, where all his emails have have come to light. Yes, yeah. got a bit leaked, have they? So, so Fauci, they, they were they were released as a result of a freedom of information request right. in the states. But basically, there's a whole issue about whether or not what he knew about what was going on in the lab in Wuhan. So 
So what happened was there's a thing called gain of function. Have you heard of that? No, I haven't. Done. Right, gain of function. It's important, and this 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 tells you the sort of stuff that's going on in our governments, right? So, gain of function is where they look at animal viruses, and they look at how they can be utilized, almost weaponized for human beings. Mm, okay. Right? <laughs> Very like who in their right mind is mucking about with shit like that? Mm. They were right. So back in the day, I think it was Clinton's administration or whoever came after Clinton, Obama, they stopped Fauci doing that because they thought we should not be involved in this. You know? yeah. And they shouldn't be. What's no. the ethics behind it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. About creating a monster that could wipe out yeah. the planet. You know, why would you be doing that? Messing mm. with that stuff. So what happened was Fauci ended up then sending grant money from the American taxpayer to the lab in Wuhan. Now... What he says is, when he's nailed by Congress, is he says it wasn't, they told him categorically it was not for gain of function. But he's pressed on it and he says, well, I don't, he believes them. So the guy says, so you're happy to believe what the Chinese told you? Yeah, I'm happy to believe that. So what did they do? Nobody knows what they did, but it seems highly likely that that lab, it came out of a lab. Yes. I I believe that personally. Yeah. Um, That's where I've come to. Now, whether it was deliberately released by the Chinese as a bioweapon or whatever else, because they've certainly won out of it, haven't they? You know, if you look at what's happened to the economies of the world, the Chinese have done well, relatively. But they're struggling. I still think it was the Americans, but that's a story for another day. (laughs) (laughs) Talk for another day. We'll have the CIA listening to us for the second episode. If it gets censored, it's saved in my laptop, so I'll just just keep releasing it. But uh, yeah, John, thank you very much. Do you want to give a shout out for this here? <laughs> Get a few. Uh, it's, a nice well, I'm, I'm, it's very warm in here, so I'm sure uh, uh, everyone else sitting in the house or whatever listening to this will be equally warm. So I've got. I'm drinking out of my Orca vacuum bottle. So looks nice to be yeah, fair. It's, it's about 750 mils, and it keep your drink cold all day. Yeah, that's, an, that's enough of an advertisement. So that's on, on Facebook or well, it's my daughter's brand, so yeah. it's Orca. So she does, she uses that, and she does um, paddle boards and a thing called a dry row, which is a thing that people put on it once they come out of the water. Hmm. So it's like got a fleece lining and a waterproof outside. So oh cool. yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, great yeah. job. How much is one of these bottles? I, I, think, I think she charges £15. Pounds. You got it for free. <laughs> it's not mine, it's one of my other daughters who took it, so she'll probably be waiting for her. O-R-K-R. O-R-K. Yeah. Look out for it. I'll have to have a look on, actually. I was looking at the impurified ones, but they're a bit dear, so if this one's going to keep everything cold, <laughs> that's the job for me. That's it. So, so just before we finish off, now this is really important to leave this yes. for people, yeah? So anyone who's, anyone who's not going for the, hasn't decided yet or hasn't taken the vaccine, they should, they, should look at it, they should look into it a little bit more. And if anyone wants to contact me specifically, then they can contact you, Talal. Yeah. If you pass my details, I'm happy to talk to anyone um, and perhaps give them some, some pointers as to where they can get alternative information. The other thing that has to be said, though, is that anyone, anyone who's involved or has taken the vaccine is involved in a stage three trial. This is a this is in drug trial stage. People, yeah. a lot of people don't realise that, but that's a fact. So there was no animal trials on on this vaccine. It was rushed out. Normally, it takes ten years or more to get a vaccine to market. This was done in like nine months. So that's something to be cognizant of. Those of you that haven't 
made the choice yet. So they didn't even test us on nothing, just straight into the public. Yeah, yeah. That's a bit mental. It's, it's a lot mental. And that's why that's, a, that's another reason why I'm holding <laughs> back. I want to see what happens. And, yeah. so the re- and the reality, we didn't touch on it. The reality is that in the UK up until now, um, the yellow card scheme, which is used by medical professionals and the public to, to re- report adverse reactions to drugs, mm-hmm. not just injections, vaccines, that has shown... In, nor- in the UK, 1,440 deaths attributed to vaccines. Oof. 1,440. Now, people will say, and that's okay, it's like you've had 40 million doses or 50 million doses. Yeah. Still, 1,440 people have been reported there's a death linked to the virus, or to the vaccine, sorry. And there's a mi- over a million adverse effects. Guess who's not sleeping the night? <laughs> well, I, I think... I think it's uh, difficult. I find it really difficult to allow to talk to people who have had the vaccine for that reason. Yeah. I find it really difficult, you know, because it's not too late for them, but what I know and yeah. what I believe, it's hard to relate to people who are already that step on. So but it's more important for me if anyone hasn't taken it yet. I haven't took it. Information. <laughs> I, yeah. to, I haven't took it. Before, listen, before, before we're hunted down, <laughs> we'll join forces. Whenever I'm waving a juice to the cage, when you views are stuck outside, all, and joking, all joking aside, who knows? Who knows? But you know, it's it's not a huge leap of faith. I think the squeeze is coming. We see the uh, before we started recording. I told you about Hollywood predicting yeah. the Simpsons, the big dome's just going to come over, yeah. and you're going to be stuck on the outside. And I'm going to be stuck in the middle with my forearms and whatever. I've mutated Freak. from the vaccine. And we haven't even, we haven't even touched on the Freeman show. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. flat, flat Earth's a whole different podcast. <laughs> exactly. Uh, here, John, thank you very much for your time. No and we'll problem. definitely get John again. No problem, guys. Um, yeah. I can talk like this about a few things. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'll get John again, no doubt. This has to be the one podcast where I haven't sworn. I, haven't, <laughs> uh, I, I just sit and listen. No, not that I didn't want to. It's just it's taking all the information in. We're, we we don't usually talk about such exactly. So yeah, thanks very much. Yeah. And look, hopefully, look again. Um, as I say, I respect that decision, vaccine or no vaccine. Course, but yeah. a lot of people out there who maybe listen to this podcast would have gone, ah, will I take it or not? Hopefully, this maybe will help them decide. Yeah, and if, what and they're if, do. if people, even even people who have had the vaccine, who just want to know where they can get alternative yeah. news, for example. Yes. There's lots of really good stuff out there that you're never going to hear on the mainstream. Maybe you write down a few links, you can put them up on the... Uh, yeah, sure, Ping me to on Messenger. And, uh, so, yeah, thanks very much, John, and okay, we'll speak John. to you all very soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.